you need to be on the field. You need to be competing against other people. For me, it was covering receivers to kind of have that skill set trained up and conditioned. So there will be a lack of that. But like I said, if veteran players can catch up to that faster. Now, receivers and quarterbacks in that timing, they need to be together all the time working on that. So this really throws them off as far as how they will start the season. That's Jason Bell, NFL pundit for the BBC and former cornerback in safety for the Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, and New York Giants. This week, the league agreed to cancel all preseason games amid coronavirus concerns after several top players, including Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and George Kittle, voiced their worries in a coordinated blitz on social media at the weekend. With training camps due to open and now open for quarterbacks and rookies, we wait and see whether a season will happen at all. I'm Anthony Wilson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hey, Jason. What's up, my man? All very good, my man. All very good. Great to have you back on the show. We spoke back in October at a very swanky do and a very swanky setting at that as well. Those good old days when you could socially mix with other people. We had that beautiful view of Tower Bridge in the distance and you and OC were involved in a fantastic charity setup. But those days seem so long ago now, man. I know, man. Back then, we could just tackle each other anywhere we wanted to, man. It was it was all good. You're right. No socially distancing. But uh, things have changed, and we are adjusting. And that's what we did. Obviously, security had to intervene, but the tackling, it seemed fine to me at the time. Hey, man, you know, I mean, you you know, you, you did right. You knew what you were doing, so it all worked out. We're all ballers here. Absolutely. Well, look, you know, here we are. We're in this COVID world. You and I were just chatting off air about evolving and you said you know football taught you anything it's about evolving but how's this covid world been treating you jason well it's definitely been different and interesting i mean the first thing is anybody with a child has had to learn how to be a teacher on the fly i hear you so that has been very fun and interesting and you know it's just really interesting to see how everyone in all different walks of life and their industries are adjusting. You know, people are becoming very creative and and there's a lot of sadness that we're dealing with, a lot of uh, turmoil, but, you know, if you wanna look at and be optimistic, you just look around and see at the people adjusting and being creative and creativity kind of evolves out of tension. So, out of tension. So I'm just kind of watching to see uh, who is uh, doing well and being creative. It, it truly interests me. If only I had invested in Zoom a few months ago. Oh, man. You know, I, I knew about Zoom and uh, I, I kind of understood it. But, man, we are all Zoom experts right now, right? We can all run online tutorials on Zoom these days. I tell you, man. Yeah, we could coach. Well, you could coach, especially you know, NFL teams. <laughs> Never mind these training camps. We'll get on to training camps in just uh, a minute. But, hey, man, it's the future. <laughs> understand zoom know how to adjust man we we might have a business here man let's keep let, let's keep this in mind let's do it okay next time we can finally hook up you know i'll tell you what i'll zoom call you and we'll see what we can do we'll put it to the test chase just don't tell oc i see see now we're thinking no 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 you know oc's always involved somehow he's always involved somehow <laughs> now go back to your playing days if you were in this situation this coronavirus world how would it have affected you do you think well early in my career it would have impacted me a lot 
meaning my first year as a rookie, because you don't know what to prepare for. I really needed to be around the facility at that time as a, as a rookie and just understanding what kind of work it took and learning the playbook. So as a rookie, it would have affected me tremendously. As a veteran, it's different. I know how to prepare. I was always the kind of guy that got myself in shape mentally and physically. So I knew what it took to prepare myself to get ready for the season. So with all of this time to kind of train with my trainer and be home, it it really would help me. Now, as far as timing and rhythm of your position, specific things you do, you need to be on the field. You need to be competing against other people. Uh, You know, for me, it was covering receivers to kind of have that skill set trained up and conditioned. So there will be a lack of that. But like I said, veteran players can catch up to that faster. Now, receivers and quarterbacks and that timing, they need to be together all the time working on that. So that, that this really throws them off as far as how they will start the season. Yeah, I can imagine somebody like Joe Burrow, for example. He's not going to have the pressure on him, for sure, from Bengals fans, because you would expect them to empathize with the situation. But also, he's going to be kicking himself, isn't he? Because this, having gone first overall and then so much buzz around him, he hasn't had any time at all. He's probably not met his coach face-to-face since pre-draft because he was drafted via Zoom, wasn't he? There we go. There's Zoom again. But, you know, he's he hasn't had this time with his receivers, get to know, well, I guess he's been given the playbook, but get to work with his coaches and and all that. And you've seen, well, I mean, every position, I guess, on the football field. But I'm saying Joe Burrow because he went first overall. So the pressure is on him, but it's also off him in this situation. It's going to be so frustrating for these young guys. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, like we were talking with the young guys, especially Joe Burrow, it's going to be very difficult. But what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to be creative with the offensive coordinator and how he does things remotely. The main thing for the quarterback is is mastering the playbook, understanding it from top to bottom. And he's going to have to do that on his own and study up. It's going to be hard as far as with his receivers and timing, but if he can at least master the playbook, master all of the intellectual side of the game, then he can catch up with that rhythm and timing and not necessarily have to be worried so much about the playbook. So you have to find a way to be responsible for what you can control. And one thing about guys on that level is they've faced adversity before and they have the fortitude to kind of adjust and mold into whatever needs to be at that time. So right now, the advantage truly is going to come from the players with the most discipline to get done what they need to do on their own. At least got somebody like A.J. Green there as well. He's going to be able to put an arm around him and, and help him out and just say, look, if you put the ball up there, I'll catch it. You know, yeah. Hopefully he's going to be fully fit this year. Yeah, I mean, a guy. The, the one thing you want and you have to have that really helps when you're a rookie quarterback is veteran playmakers around you Uh, because if it's a bunch of rookies trying to learn together uh, you can still you know it's cool and all you have their camaraderie you're young but you need a veteran to show you kind of what to do and you can lean on so that is that's so good for a rookie quarterback to have a, a veteran receiver like A.J. Green I mean when you look at Kyler Murray last year and what in Arizona 
and what Larry Fitzgerald did for him and continues to do for him. I mean, I, I would I would say if you put a microphone in front of Kyle Murray's face and said how much of an impact has that have, has that been, he would say nothing but great things about that relationship and what Larry Fitzgerald taught him in his rookie year. Oh, let's just talk about Larry Fitzgerald for just a moment. He came over with the Cardinals a few years ago, probably back in 2017, I think, when the Cardinals played. And they got hammered at at Twickenham against the division rivals, the LA Rams. But his presence and, and what an athlete that dude is. He's had more catches than he has drops. I mean, he is a true consummate professional. Oh, he's he's so highly respected for the player he is on the field to the individual he is off the field, how he conducts his life, how he respects people. You know, one thing I would say about being around the game this long is people people don't forget how you treated them, especially when you were on top. And guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Osi is like this. This is why Osi has the respect he does around the NFL is because the way he treated people. Mm. And Larry Fitzgerald is that kind of guy. Uh, no one, everyone talks about him highly uh, because of the way he treats them as an individual. And being a great player, you, you know, you don't have to be like that because you get away with a lot. So it says a lot about him and who he is as a man. And he's just been great for the NFL. Now, you know, everybody knows he's going to the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest all time. But I mean, what a person and what an ambassador for your organization like he's been for Arizona. Did you ever have to mark him, Chase? I did not have to play against Larry Fitzgerald. No, I didn't. I did. I never had to cover him. When I played against Arizona uh, early in my career, they had David Boston, who I played against, and yeah. he was huge and just aggressive. But I never, I never had to, I never had to cover Larry Fitzgerald. Cover some tough guys, but I didn't have that matchup and. Thankfully, I didn't because I might have been out of the NFL a little sooner. <laughs> Go on then. Who was the toughest you had to cover? Marvin Harris. Oh. Marvin Harris. We, we played the Colts twice a year in the when I was in the AFC South yeah. in Houston. And Peyton, Peyton Manning, um, it was just – it was it was unreal. I mean, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. I mean, it was just it – was, it was so difficult to cover those guys – not only because their skill set, but with Peyton Manning throwing oh, man. the ball, it didn't matter. You felt like you had him covered, and he would just place the ball somewhere else. So you would adjust and say, "Okay, he threw the ball, you know, down low this time. Now I'm going to play him, uh, play it like that." Well, Peyton just threw it where you weren't, and I mean, <laughs> it was just so frustrating. And I mean, it was, you know, the it was just you watched greatness every time you played against him frustrating as it would have been at the time i guess looking back you must think oh man you know i enjoyed that so much going toe-to-toe with these guys and playing physical chess against the great peyton manning i mean man you can sit back and you can tell your grandkids all about it dude oh yeah i could tell my grandkids all about the time when uh i was in a meeting and uh vic fangio who's the head coach now for the for denver was our defensive coordinator and Everyone knew, and he brought it up to us, that, you know, Peyton Manning would wear the clock down. Like, he didn't snap the ball until four seconds left on the clock, the play clock, so he could see the defense moves. So, you know, I was a special teams guy. The mic's in my face talking about special teams. And they asked me something about defense. Oh, paying Peyton Manning. I was like, look, you know, you got you to gotta hold your disguise a long time. 
you know, because before he snaps the, the ball late. Oh, man, Vic Fangio came in and destroyed me in the meeting rooms <laughs> because we're not supposed to talk about things we talk about in the meeting rooms. And my coach was like, my position coach was like, look, don't worry about it. Everybody knows he do- does that. But man, Vic was not having it. He was upset with me, man. So that's the one time I spoke to the media uh, out of turn and I never did that again because I, I gave away a little a little tip and a little secret that everybody in the league knew. But you know, sometimes you talk too much. Thank goodness I'm in the media. You don't get in trouble in the media for talking too much, by the way. No, you can never talk too much, man. That's why we're having you no, here. No, That's you why don't. you're on. Yeah. <laughs> I know the I know the real reason now. <laughs> Look, the big news this week, Jace, uh, is that the NFL has canceled all preseason games after players voiced their safety concerns with the uh, hashtag we want to play campaign last weekend. I mean, do you remain convinced that we're going to get a season at all this year? I mean, anybody that underst- listens to the scientists knows that COVID dictates the terms. Um, I am optimistic and I want to see a full season. But once again, we have to adjust to what COVID does. I think the NFL has all of the capabilities and people involved in the science involved that they understand they have to have flexibility to make decisions on the fly. Once again, it's all about player safety and things like that. But, you know, by now removing the preseason, um, that was something they gave themselves ability to adjust to. If something happened throughout the season where they had to shut it down, They've given themselves ability to adjust. And they have they have really planned this out. And once again, they're following the science uh, and all of the ways they conduct the testing and things of that nature for the players' safety. So the NFL is on top of it. The players are on top of it. The NFL and the NFLPA have to continue to work together because this is a partnership. That's what uh, the league is, and they have to be able to do what is necessary to keep people safe. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have uh, very close eyes on the MLB, which gets underway. At time of recording this, this is uh, opening day, and the MLB is the first of the sports leagues over there that is going to be played at different venues, different stadiums, because I know next week we've got the NBA bubble, which is in Orlando. That seems to be going well. The NHL has actually moved north to Canada. They got the two bubbles in Edmonton and in Toronto, and the MLS has been within it, their bubble in Orlando as well. So I think the NFL will obviously monitor things very closely and just see how Major League Baseball adjusts and copes and manages coronavirus as they now travel city to city throughout the country. Yeah, that's the beauty is when you can sit back and watch others and how they Uh, adjust and conduct their business because there's going to be issues that they have to solve so the NFL can learn from those and correct mistakes that these other leagues have made and you know that's the benefit of starting later Uh, the NFL schedule just worked out in such a way that they can learn from around the world and what sports leagues are doing yeah going back to the preseason game and the uh, cancellation of preseason games let's 
look back at your time. You were uh, an undrafted free agent. You played special teams. I'd imagine that the players who are going to be impacted most by these cancelled preseason games are those undrafted guys out there wanting to prove themselves and the special teams because in special teams, you're not going to have the full contact that you're going to want and that practice in practice. You want to get that and you're going to get that in preseason games. But they're not going to be able to have that now. Yeah, a guy like me wouldn't have made it in the NFL in these circumstances. Is that right? I don't think. Right. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been difficult for me just because of what you said. I can remember coming on. I mean, it, I just had no chance to make the team. When I look back at it, so many things had to go right, and I had to play well in every limited opportunity that I had. And special teams everybody knew was the way to make that team. So when I went into the preseason game, the first game I made plays, the second game I made plays, by the third game they knew, hey, this kid could make our team. And it, I had to play well in that and the final fourth preseason game. I went out and blocked a kick and I came off to the sideline and guys were just hugging me like, man, you have made the team <laughs> now. I, and I thought I already did. My agent had told me after the third game that, you know, just go out there and play well. Looks like you're good to make this team. But it took all of those games for me to do that and break through. So, yeah, you're going to lose that opportunity. But I think teams are very aware and they're going to have to be creative, right? You're going to have to find a way to see the talent on your team, pick it out, and you're going to have to now use your practice squad in a way where – you got to keep those guys around. Maybe a guy like me wouldn't have made the final roster, but I'd be on the practice squad and, and have a chance to show my skills and abilities and maybe make the roster later on that year. So once again, this is going to be a thing where if your staff and, and the teams with, uh, with a better staff as far as identifying talent, because they're not all the same, they're going to have the advantage because they're going to be able to pluck guys off their roster that can help them later on even though they don't have the preseason to put them out there and evaluate them. And in this COVID world, they're going to need their practice squad as much as possible because, let's face it, there are going to be occasions where players are going to get tested positive and that's it. They're, they're in their quarantine for, what, 10 days? And you're going to have to lean to the practice squad and see who's there. And guys, they got to step up. It's the uh, next one up mentality, isn't it? Yeah, now you said something very interesting because that's exactly what's going to happen. Your practice squad is going to operate different than it has years before. You're going to have to have a certain number of those players that are good enough to make your roster today and ready to plug and play today, not developmental guys. These guys are ready to go. And then you're going to have tiers from there. You're going to have your second tier of guys that are, you know, kind of, little bit they might not have made your roster but if somebody gets hurt they can come up and then you'll have your third tier which are developmental guys but you're right who knows what happens and you're going to have to pull guys up that can play immediately from your practice squad because you just do not know what's going to happen at any point in the nfl season you don't know what's going to happen with injuries we've all seen it every year you know teams that stay healthy have success this is just another way of looking at industries injuries even though it is it is a whole different thing it's how players behave when they go home off the field keeping themselves safe so they can be out there on the field and i think that's what it's going to come down to isn't it i think that the teams that can manage and control the situation the best as possible are the teams that are going to have the advantage because can you imagine 
you know, I'm just going to pluck a random team. The, the Seattle Seahawks, for example. And one week they've got Russell Wilson goes down. And then his quarterback room, they go down. The wide receivers go down. What happens then? You know, you've got all these guys suddenly they're out because one of them's tested positive or whatever or however it works and then they've got a quarantine for 10 days but then you've got a game and let's say they've got a Thursday night game after that maybe the league's going to have to intervene perhaps somewhere well I think they have the protocols in place to forget to 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 not have something like that devastating go down sure. meaning if they're getting tested every day then you have contact tracing throughout the building who's in front of who for how long your meeting rooms they're not going to be tight like they used to be they're going to be spread out so that if there is an outbreak uh with one of your players you have enough enough social distancing in your meeting room where it doesn't impact every player so this is a risk right You're, you're talking about something that could happen but all the procedures put in place are there to prevent something that dramatic from happening Jason Bell is my guest right now. We're talking about some of the big news from the NFL this week. Elsewhere this week, Jace, Raheem Mostert, he had talks with 49ers execs to clear the air after he submitted a trade request last week. And all appears to be rosy, but as a fellow gunner, do you empathize with him and his situation? Because there he was, he signed a contract as a special teams guy. He stepped up as a running back and broke franchise records in the NFC Championship game of, of all games. And the back end of last season really stepped up and, you know, he helped them as much as any to get to that Super Bowl. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, his 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 game that got him to the Super Bowl, I mean, he was, he was the star, right? Uh, uh The NFC Championship. But... So the thing about a running back position is this, you know, you only have so many good years. We understand there's a lot of volume of work that goes into that position. Now people play and have long careers, but at an average, it's a shorter career. So you have to strike when the iron's hot. And that's what Raheem is doing right now. He's saying, look, I've proven myself. I need to be compensated as such. And he's going uh, to fight for that. So I totally understand that. I get that. And that's the that's a part of the NFL. Contractually, he's uh, he's you know he has his contract, but he's playing better than that dollar amount says. And on the other side of that, if you are uh, having a monetary reward of a contract and you're not playing up to that level, the team comes to you and says, "Hey, it's time to take a pay cut because you are not playing at that level." So it's a it's a it's a two way street. A lot of times the fans don't realize that, the, you know, the team will come back to you and, and try to cut your salary down if you're not performing like that. So he's saying I'm outperforming my contract and he he's he's correct in that. So I'm I'm never getting the way of a guy going to get his money as long as he's willing to stand up for that fight, because sometimes it is a fight. You know, you have to go out there and do it because it's your career. It's your career and it's a business at the end of the day and you've got to think about your own brand, haven't you, man? Yeah, you got to think about your, you, you have to think about your future, yeah. your family, and you only have so many snaps. Man, Jason Bell, thank you so much. Look, it's great talking NFL news and covering the stories from across the league this week with you. I'll tell you what, should we get you back on next week again? You share some great stories there. I'd love to delve into some of those stories from your career. 
man, if I start giving all these stories away, man, these coaches will come get me, man. I'll be on the, I, I won't ever be able to walk in the locker room again. <laughs> <laughs> I could be your agent. There you go. I know, I know. We got business to talk about, so we got to make this happen again. There you go. Thank you very much, Jason Bell. And we are going to have him back next week. We're going to focus on the stories connected to his career because he hinted on a few little gems there. So I thought we're going to get him back. He seems up for it. And we'll talk about his time at the Cowboys, the Texans, and the Giants. And I'll ask him what he thinks about the Giants looking ahead to this season. Should we get this season underway? Sophomore year for Daniel Jones. I'm sure he's got a few interesting things to say about the New York Giants. So that's Jason Bell this week. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'll thank him in advance for next week as well. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss... Jason Bell again next week talking about some of the stories from his time in the NFL and also ask him for his thoughts on the NFL in this country and working for the BBC and whether we'll get a London franchise so by hitting subscribe now thank you very much give us a five-star review while you're there as well because we can continue to bring you more great interviews we are moving to three episodes a week one dedicated to football one to baseball one to basketball so again I encourage you to hit that subscribe button. Then you're not going to miss any of the great contributors and guests that we've got here on the Transatlantic Sports Show. You can find us on Twitter at T-A-S-S underscore UK. I'm Anthony Wotton at A-R-Wotton, W-O-O-T-T-O-N on Twitter. Until next time, when we'll have the roundup from the opening weekend of Major League Baseball. We'll see you then.